Scott with SJ, Wildfire.com. Hey, I'm pleased to announce Pastor Larry. We've talked a little bit about Pastor Larry and his Bible study. He's been studying Ephesians 6 for the last three to four years. He's been diving deep into spiritual warfare. And what was interesting is during his study over the last three, four years, he actually had a demonic encounter that he had to rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is a man's man. Pastor Larry fought two years in Vietnam uh, with the Marines, saw a bunch of action. Then he became a pastor. From there, later in life, he ended up becoming a school teacher. Very hardworking man, owned his own paint company, uh, multiple blue collar, white collar jobs. The man has life experiences. He's a cool dude, man's man. Fun to be around, and he loves the Lord. And he he dives deep into topics. And so I think he uses proper hermeneutics with this topic where he's comparing scripture with scripture. So I think it'll be a blessing. Now, the one thing listening to his series, if you need deliverance or have intrusive thoughts and you are a Christian, I'm going to put two VCASTs that I've done. Uh, one of them are Demons Real, and the other one is Can a Christian Have a Demon? You might have some strongholds within you that you need to bind and extract, right? Pray and fast, really dive deep into deliverance. That could be a a situation that you need help with. And there are a lot of ministries that do deliverance um, work and just a great resource. Again, bind those demons, extract them, cut off those doors that you might have opened them up. Again, when I was first a Christian, I wanted to fight people. I had this anger and I couldn't understand why. Then I did my research And I started thinking about all the different doors I've opened with sin and praying and fasting is key to get rid of some of those uh, demonic strongholds. And sure enough, everything was fine after I really did my due diligence. So Pastor Dean O'Dell, Derek Prince, uh, Russ Dizdar is where I actually got some of my information for deliverance um, for this anger, anger management that I had that I never had in my entire life. So again, Pastor Larry, Ephesians 6, he's going to really dive deep into spiritual warfare and pray that he actually can get the message out because he has been under spiritual warfare with technology difficulties that I've probably driven up two times to help fix and it has to happen again. Our introduction has been messed with. So you're getting part two. And again, hopefully this is a blessing. Our intent is to be able to maybe place these every Wednesday, um, Sunday, if not just Sunday. So again, Pastor Larry, Spiritual Warfare, God bless. So let me continue in John chapter 8 about Jesus speaking the truth. And I'll give you a chance to turn there because I'm turning there. And I'd like to read this passage in the con- in, in its context. And so Jesus replied, he said, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family. Here, here he says, anyone who sins is a, actually saying anyone who lived in sin is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, this is the freedom we're talking about, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you're looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. 
I'm telling you what I've seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you are Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you're looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth. I emphasize that. The truth that I heard from God, Abraham did not do such things. You are during, doing the works of your own father. Jesus said, if God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own, but God has sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God, here's what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. And striking verses there about, about the truth and the truth setting you free. And the Satan has bound people and kept them from the truth. Jesus came not only to be our sin bearer, but to break, break Satan's stranglehold on the human race. And Satan has blinded mankind to the truth. For Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, And even if our gospel is hidden or veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this world, that's Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glorious Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. Did you hear those passages? My glorious Savior, Jesus Christ, has come, men and women, to shine his light into that darkness of sin and Satan. My friends, please listen. Let God's light shine into your heart. Get out of that bondage by running to Jesus Christ. Receive him as your Savior, and I implore you to do this. Receive Christ as a Savior soul and know what the truth is. Only then can you be spiritually awakened. The Bible says that we're dead in our sins and our trespasses, and that Christ has to come to you and awaken you. The Bible calls it being born again. <laughs> you have to be born again. That's being born spiritually because we are not born spiritually when we're born physically. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, Christ also took part of the same. That means he became a man. That through his death he might destroy which means to render useless in the original languages, that he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them from the fear of death, 
were all their lifetime subject to bondage. There are many, many people that fear death because they don't know about the future. Christ has revealed our glorious future with him. And Christ, through his becoming a man, dying for the sins of man, because in order to redeem man, because man sinned, it took a man to pay for the sin. And that's why Jesus became a man, even though he's God in the flesh. And he took man's punishment upon himself so you can be delivered from that punishment. Please listen. This is what you need to do. You need to come to that cross of Jesus Christ and accept his payment for your sins. Repent of your sins and turn to him. And God will lift you out of that bondage of Satan that you have been in your, in your life. Jesus Christ can do what no one or anyone's methods can do. He became a man like you and I. He partook of human flesh and died as a human being so you wouldn't have to. And he took God's punishment for our sins. Man sinned, for we all have sinned. And that includes me. I'm nobody special here. God raised Jesus Christ from the dead so that you and I can share in that resurrection also. But you must come through his death first. And why don't you do that? So the next few months, we'll be talking about our spiritual warfare. It's uh, important that all of, we all have our Bibles, and I emphasize that before, because I've read a lot of scripture, and I'd like you to follow along with me so you don't think I'm pulling the wool over your eyes. And I wouldn't do that. But I want you to see what God says. That's the issue. The issue is not my opinions. The issue is what God has said and what God will do for us. Because the Bible is the Word of God that you know, teaches us how to fight our enemy. It's not my opinions that count or your opinions that count, but it's what the Scriptures say. So, if I can beseech you to have your Bible ready when you come to the next uh, to the next message. Have it at your fingertips, and I'll try to give you some time to find the passages, if it's a lengthy passage. Many Christians that I know do not give the Bible top place, and that's the issue. And we want to know why we're so weak and so restless and so anxious in our Christian life because we don't give the Bible top place in our lives. It's only with the Scripture will we learn of Christ, we learn of His love for us and His grace He has for us and the blessings He has for us. God takes that Scripture through the Holy Spirit and applies it to our hearts. And the Bible got me, the Word of God got me out of a lot of difficult situations I was going through emotionally not too long ago. We don't, we don't have to struggle or live a defeated spiritual life and let Satan have his, his will with us in his way. You have to be prepared for battle. And if you don't know your Bible, you're 
you're going to be susceptible to his schemes. And this is going to be emphasized repeatedly. You know, without your Bible, it's like going into battle without my rifle. And every soldier knows that he must be armed when facing his enemy. Let me tell you a story what happened to me on my way to Vietnam. I took a ship over, left San Diego Harbor in January of 1967. It took us 17 days to get across the Pacific. But I remember when we were ready to uh, disembark, you know, I always thought we we're going to make a big beach landing like you see in World War II. And so we had all of our, what's called our 782 gear, that's our armor. And I had my rifle with me, thinking, you know, I'm going to go into combat pretty soon. So we're disembarking, and, you know, it takes time to get everybody over the side of the boat and to get them ashore and then come back and pick the next group up. So I dozed off. Dozed off on the deck of the ship. Then they called us, my group, to disembark. I woke up, picked up my rifle, and my rifle fell apart. Somebody stole the trigger out of my rifle. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm going to face the enemy when I get off the ship, and I don't even have a trigger. What, what am I going to do? Just say, bang, bang, you're dead? That was a very hairy and a very scary situation. So it's like the scriptures. You cannot go into battle without the scriptures. And just putting it under your pillow or, or, uh, or having it on your coffee table, it's not a magic charm to ward off Satan. You must know what it says. I'll repeat that over and over. I'd like to look at a passage here in the remaining last five or six minutes where the passage where it talks about our spiritual armor. So this is the time you want to turn to your turn to your Bible if you have one and turn to Ephesians chapter six, which we call the spiritual armor passage. Ephesians chapter six and verse 17. I'm getting ahead of myself. But I want to drive home a point about Scripture in the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17. Give me a few seconds. Some of you are quicker than others. If you don't have your Scriptures with you, just listen carefully. Ephesians six seventeen says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. What's the next phrase? Which is the Word of God. The Word of God is pictured as a sword. This is what you use. It's the only offensive armor that we have in the Ephesians 6 passage. So, we must wield. That's what you did with the sword back in Roman times. You wielded it against the enemy. You stop the blows of the enemy. You would thrust the enemy with it. So, just like my rifle was my lifeline in my physical warfare, the scriptures are our lifeline in our spiritual warfare. There you have it.
The word of God is like a sword. And for you not to have the word of God, for you not to know it, is like going into battle without a weapon, without a rifle. And you can say just as well as I'm going to say it, you're vulnerable. You actually have no defense and no offense. Now, I'll cross-reference this passage with the same thought. If you want to turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12, and if you're believers, you've probably heard these verses before, but it's worth looking at again. Book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12. It says, quote, for, or you can translate that because, because the word of God is quick, old King James for meaning alive, and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged, what? Sword, piercing, even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints in the marrow, and as a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. The, if you're a believer in the person you're talking to about Jesus Christ, it's the scriptures that makes the difference. That's the weapon that pierces the heart. That's why it's so necessary to know what it says. Not all the time will you have your Bible with you. And we're going to talk about this as we see when Joshua was ready to go into battle against his enemy in the Old Testament in the land of Canaan. He was told to meditate upon God's word. And so we must. Meditate means to chew over and over so you can get the Word of God into your mind and into your heart, into your heart. This is how we attack Satan, and this is how we make a difference in people's lives. If you notice Jesus, when he was uh, tempted in the wilderness, it was three times that Jesus used the Word of God. He quoted from the book of Deuteronomy. He was wielding his sword, he was piercing Satan with his sword. And the passage in Matthew chapter 4, in that temptation of the, in the wilderness, it says that after Jesus done this, the devil left him, and the Holy Spirit came and ministered unto Jesus. Want the devil to leave you alone? Well, there it is. It's the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. We're going to get into these other parts of the armor and how they fit into that defensive strategy and offensive strategy. We're also going to talk, spend quite a few messages on Satan himself because we don't want to be unaware of his devices, as the scripture would say. And as I read that passage in Hebrews uh, chapter 4 just a minute ago, if you would look at the uh, preceding verse in verse 11, which reads this, I just quote it. It says, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, R-E-S-T, 
lest any man fall after the example of unbelief. Enter into that rest. Oh, what some of us wouldn't give for rest, even as a believer. What brings that rest in the context of this passage? It's the very word of God. It's quick, and it's alive, and it's powerful, and it's sharp. It pierces our heart. It pierces our soul. It brings us rest. It brings us comfort. It's kind of an oxymoron, being restful and peaceful in the mixed midst of a, conf a conflict that we're in. But it's possible. It's possible. We don't have to be flying all over the place thinking the government's going to do us in. And even though they may try which I'm sure they will. But we can rest. We can just carry on for the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that God has our life in our hand, in his hands. And that he also has given us his word to bring us his comfort and peace in the midst of trial, conflict, and, tribu and tribulation. And that word rest, by the way, is found seven times. In Hebrews chapter 4, so it, Paul's, uh, the writer of Hebrews, I think it's Paul, he's trying to drive that point home. If so, if we want, in conclusion, if we want rest and peace, we must utilize the scriptures into our lives. So, the Bibles, the sword, is the Spirit. It gets into our minds and our hearts. It gives us rest. It gives us peace. But brothers and sisters, if you're a believer, listen to me. You must work at it. God's left it, left it in our hands. Like I said, you can't receive Scripture by osmosis. It's not going to soak into you just by leaving it on your bedstand. You must be into it. We must work at it. Or... The writer again in that same passage in Hebrew says, quote, let us labor, see you gotta work, to make every effort to enter into that rest. I hope I made myself very clear about how important the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God is, into a believer's life in his spiritual warfare. See you next week. Thanks for listening.